welcome to Per Contra with Tijuana and Squint. Hey everyone, welcome back to Per Contra with Tijuana and Squints. Um, today we're going to have another laid back episode um, where we have a discussion about some things that we've been thinking about. And um, we're just going to go ahead and get right into it. Um, Real quick, Tijuana, I wanted to mention, if I could, a couple like new things in TV and movies. Um, yeah, that's what this is all about, so do it. Okay, so... I watched the first episode and a half of Rings of Power. Oh, all right. <laughs> Sucked. I did not like it. Dang. The production value is fantastic. Okay. Okay. It's like, it looks very good. The effects look really good. The performances are even good. It does not feel like Lord of the Rings at all. That's my problem. Yeah, yeah that's kind of um, just from the little bit that I could see. It, you know you almost it almost like it's this it, it just feels like a different continuity you know what i'm saying which yeah, kind of totally does kind of has to be you know because they don't have like the full rights and everything so sure maybe if you think about it that way it would be better but i don't know maybe there were some things though that were interesting so like for example the harfoots or like the relatives of hobbits okay are like these hut dwelling very primitive like village dwelling scottish accent people or maybe it's irish accent (laughs) okay and a lot of people were really frustrated about it and then the creators of the show came out and said that they tried to style the show after like europe and so each race is supposed to represent a different, like, European demographic. Okay. And they wanted to represent them as they are in real life. And so there are a lot of, I want to say huh. it's Irish, but there are a lot of Irish people kind of up in arms that the creators made them look like these yeah. like, potato farming, primitive, <laughs> hut-dwelling people in the show, <laughs> which is kind of messed up. Yeah. But, huh. I mean, for everyone out there who's listening that wanted to watch it, go see it and let us know what you think but we really don't need as many close-ups of a special dagger as we got in the first episode and a half it's not necessary (laughs) so anyway there's that i watched the second sonic the hedgehog movie also (laughs) nice (laughs) and it was it was not as good as the first one but it was better than i expected it to be and I freaking loved Idris Elba's Knuckles. He's awesome. Oh, good. Um, So there's that. It was a fun watch, especially if you've got kids or something. It would be fun. And then in, like, movie news, James Cameron's Avatar is being re-released in theaters. Dude, I was going to ask you about that. Yes, yes. And I think, I, I mean, I theorize that it's to prep for yeah the official announcement of the sequel right but i also think they kind of want to hang on to their title of number one box office profit like they've had it for so long Uh, okay and i feel like this is a way to help them maintain box office um, interesting standing yeah you know i don't i don't know for sure i just think it's hilarious that it's re-releasing 15 years later 12 years later whatever it is right yeah yeah it's 
yeah not long ago but yeah i i didn't really have too many opinions about it except for it, it just seems like i don't know like it's a movie that you could stream yeah i don't know if you still can but up until well, and a lot of people have it on dvd recently. like i have it on dvd you right know? and yeah like the theater experience and everything like that but i just th- i just thought it was kind of funny because it was like yeah it's like you said it was an interesting choice and it makes you wonder like yeah what those were there well and but i've yeah, seen like, movies in the theater multiple times for example when when the third installment in the hobbit trilogy was released um the theater in my hometown did a three movie back-to-back marathon so you could buy a ticket and watch all three movies back-to-back in a day oh, in the theater okay. And it was a lot of fun. And I think uh-huh. it'd be cool to do something like that with Avatar and the sequel. But yeah. like a whole separate re-release was just really uh-huh. baffling to me when I heard about it. Yeah. And it's been a long time. So like it, that's my that's the only thing that I guess I could justify doing it is like it has been a long time since the first one. So if, if people sure. hadn't seen the first one and they wanted everyone to be able to be on, you know, or maybe they forgot the first one and they mm-hmm. wanted everyone to be right there with the story in the second movie. Yeah, that makes sense. I get and, that. Okay, yeah. That that's I can yeah, that's fine. And so I tried to put off my gut reaction that was just like, you know, their money grabbing or whatever. Right. Like, okay, maybe you know, maybe they have some reason to be doing this. But, yeah. I'm interested to uh, see what the the traffic is like for the re release if they get as yeah. many people in the seats as they're wanting right that's that's another thing that i was interested to to hear your opinions on too because i um when i initially saw it i was like oh it's gonna so many people are gonna go see that but now that i think now that i think about it again and have been thinking about it i'm kind of wondering the same thing I'm, I'm thinking well maybe it's not gonna be like that because right. i think people are kind of getting sick of seeing the same stuff over and over yeah. again definitely i mean it's it's not uncommon to go to the theater and be like oh i've seen this movie before Mm -hmm. just it has a different name you know yeah and feel like we're being fed the same the same like five or six movies every couple years yep and so it'll be interesting to see how it does but those are just some things some newer things that i've either experienced or wanted to talk about that it'd be either released on streaming or coming out soon just so that, you know, you guys who are listening can be aware of that kind of stuff too. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate you sharing. And I had something else planned to talk about um, in more detail, but um, I did want to ask you about Avatar and I do kind of want to tangent off now that you brought it up a sure, little bit. Sure. Um, and then maybe we can get back to what I had in mind, but I, I wanted to, bring up some food for thought that i was having about it um about avatar specifically but not specifically but okay okay but it has a lot to do with avatar sure um do you remember you know about the time when avatar avatar came out 10 12 years ago 3d movies yes right the coolest thing every movie was being released in 3d what were your how did you feel about 3d movies back then and now so i i'm a glasses wearer And so 3D movies are hard for me because I either have to try to wear them over my glasses or take my glasses off and have the movie be blurry anyway. And so they're not my favorite. I also get super motion sick and 3D movies really, really hit that hard for me. 
Okay. And so I can't say that I've ever in my life actually watched and enjoyed a 3D movie. Okay. But I think the concept is cool. I think I could get more into it like, have you heard of these newer, uh, they're like 4D or immersive theaters? Yeah. So there are a couple in Vegas where you go and like you put this movie on and they sit you in this chair and there are all these buttons and like when it's raining, you'll get misted with water. Or if the wind's blowing, a fan turns on and blows your hair around, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't been to one, but I would like to go to one of those and see what I think. Because I, I do like the idea of trying to find ways to kind of inject the audience into the experience more than yeah. just watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like I said, I think the concept of 3D movies is cool. Just for me, having to put other glasses on or like being motion sick, they're not that enjoyable. Yeah, I, I actually had have seen a like 4D horror short film. Okay. And it was pretty cool because, um, you know, they had like the feeling of things skittering around the floor. Oh, gross. And, <laughs> That's um, cool. You know, stuff like that where it was like, yeah, it was just like you said. Um, it definitely gave you chills to where like you felt it and we're watching it. So um, I, yeah, I do think that's pretty cool. As far as 3d movies go, I I'm kind of with you. I've never, I never was like big into like, Oh yeah. Another 3d movie or like, yeah, it's better that way. I never really felt like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt like um, I kind of felt like 3d movies was to movies as like the Wii, the Nintendo Wii was to video games. Like, yeah, yeah. That makes like, sense that we had some fun games, you know, that were really cool. And it was fun to do the motion stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, but as far as like video games as a whole goes, it wasn't like the, the right direction. You know what I'm saying? It didn't right. push. Like there's a reason when you talk about the Wii, most people only remember Wii sports. <laughs> right. It wasn't like a new direction for all video games to want to go. It was yeah. kind of like, it was a fun tangent. And then we all got back on to the regular screen and the regular controller and all that stuff right well that's the thing with 3d movies is not every movie could make a good 3d movie yes if it's not full of action and like bombastic cgi effects it's not really going to make a good movie you know Mm -hmm. like david fincher's seven would not make a good 3d movie right but it's a fabulous movie and so i agree with you that there is this kind of divide where you have movies like avatar and shark boy and lava girl that would be released in 3d in the theater (laughs) and kids would enjoy it but you can't do that with every movie and it just kind of died right and i i want to say that it was partially because people you know because of yes it wasn't the right direction for like all movies to go but also i think people just kind of got overloaded with it um, sure and kind of tired of it and I I wanted to kind of compare and contrast that to our recent what we recently brought up on Instagram about the Little Mermaid trailer mm-hmm. and how people are you know they're kind of pushing back now at at Disney um, specifically but I think in general that they're they're getting this kind of live action remake fatigue yeah and well because like. I, I wonder if it's the same as it was with 3D movies. You know what I'm saying? I wonder if it's kind of following the same pattern. Dude, I really hope so. Because I would love for this reboot culture to end. I would love it. Because if you go back and you watch 
the Little Mermaid cartoon, it still holds up. It's still beautifully animated, and it's a fun movie. Yep. And we don't need another one that's live action. We just don't need it. You know, mm-hmm. like if people, if if Hollywood started rebooting like Ghibli films in live action, I'd riot, dude. That's just it's not okay. You don't do that. Right. You yeah, know. I agree. Yeah. And I think people were excited initially when things like Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast were released or even like Snow White and the Huntsman was kind of a a fun take on the reboot, the live action reboot. Yeah. But people have started to realize that those reboots aren't really that good. Yeah. And they'd rather just watch the original cartoon. Yeah. And I, I think that that's... Uh, and from my interpretation, I think that that's kind of what's going on um, from the little bit of discussion that I've read and um, and everything like that. So, yeah, I I'm interested to see where this goes. Uh, but one one thing that I read that was an interesting thing to bring up is that it kind of stinks for like Halle Berry and the other actors in the film, like and in the upcoming films, because they have Disney has two more live action remakes planned that aren't just pinocchio and the little mermaid they have Mm -hmm. two more after that coming yeah um one of them's gonna be like a prequel to the lion king i guess and then okay i can't remember what the other one is but but yeah so they have even more coming and um it stinks for the the actors and the people in the part of the film because if people are finally going to change their minds about this stuff and not go and see it and then you know have negative feedback towards it as well you know it's not really their fault the people who are in the movie you know what i'm saying right. so hopefully it doesn't affect their career or right. um you know their general likability or anything like hopefully hopefully we don't associate holly berry with like less action remakes you know what i'm saying like, yes yes um, and so yeah interesting thing to think about um and i wanted to kind of invite the audience to to let us know your thoughts on it um do not only for you yourself, but do you feel like it's general consensus that everyone's kind of done with remakes? Because it would be cool to be able to get some some actual answers to that question. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I agree. Like, do you are you sick of Disney in general? Are you sick of reboots? Do you want like a completely original IP? Yeah. You know what what would you love to go see? What would you yeah. go to the midnight premiere of? Yeah, personally, I would love if instead of bringing back the same titles and the exact same script and story, I would love if they brought back maybe the feel, like maybe it was like took place within the world of Sleeping Beauty or something like that, and they brought back the hand-drawn animation with the hand-painted backgrounds. Like, mm. how cool would that be? Yeah, If you got like a really brand cool. new movie... And you had all this budget to hire like 500 animators and just have them all just hand draw every scene. Yeah. And so you get that feel of the old cartoons that just felt so smooth, kind of like the Ghibli movies and stuff that you were, that you were talking about. But we get to see it in like glorious 4K on a giant movie screen. Like how yeah. cool would that be? That you would know? be so cool. And, and an original story to go with it. So That would yeah. be a lot of fun. That would be so much fun to see. So, yeah, maybe um, you know a miracle will happen and we'll get something, uh, <laughs> something new for a change. Fingers but, crossed. Yeah, but 
Um, anyways, um, so I want to, um, the way that I've just now, in the last five seconds, decided to, uh, to format this is that I'm we're going to have an intercession right now. And I'm going to tell this story that I'm just dying to tell you. Okay. Because I remembered it the other day. Perfect. And I was, and I was like, man, I got to tell someone about that. Perfect, <laughs> like, perfect. I tell. And I was like, oh, I can just talk about it on the show. And then um, after that, we'll we'll get into the topic I was that I mentioned earlier, and we could talk about that for another ten minutes, and then we could be done. But so this story. So I have a friend, and he's like a prankster, right? Okay. He loves a good prank, and so I can't remember how it came up, but he was like trying to get me with some prank or something, and I was like, oh, you're always doing these pranks or whatever, and. I said, like, are you, have you always been like this or whatever? And he's like, yeah. And he's not, like, one to talk about himself, so I kind of had to dig it out of him. But I was like, so, did you, like, did you do you always, did you do this kind of stuff, like, before we met and stuff? And he's like, yeah, I had this pretty good one. And so when he was in college, my friend's name is Matt. So this is Matt. He's in college. And he's just bored one day. I don't know how he comes up with this stuff. but um, And so he got this genius idea to make, like, a Tinder account. Okay. And, you know, that's not that's not super uncommon. Like, there's people who make fake Tinder accounts all the time. But um, So he makes this account, finds... And so I think the way that he did it is that he went to, like, someone's... Like, some, like, lesser-known influencer's profile on mm-hmm. Instagram or Facebook or something. And got a bunch of pictures, a bunch of different pictures to make it look realistic. Okay. And so he makes this realistic-looking Tinder profile and just just swipes um yes on everyone i don't know which ways like okay swipe right if you like them right sure sure i think it's right so he swipes right i don't know he swipes right on everyone that that comes up and he just does that like a hundred times okay (laughs) and pretty soon like because you know he got this like picture of this hot girl or whatever like pretty soon he's just getting bombarded with messages and so he he fields all of these messages right <laughs> so he spends like hours fielding all of these messages and doing all these conversations and talking to all these guys and he sets up a bunch of dates with all these guys for the same place at the same time on the same day and then so he sets up dates i think he said there was like 50 guys in total that he set up a date with and then he just got he just got up like 30 minutes before this fictional date was supposed to start and just like sat on a bench across the street from this place (laughs) that he set up this date with all these guys on and just watched guys start to crowd into and around this restaurant no way yeah and so (laughs) he's just sitting there like eating popcorn (laughs) pretending like he's just a pedestrian and he gets to see like the greatest prank of all time unfold where all these guys are walking into this restaurant looking for this one girl Who's not going to be there. Who's never coming. And so they're standing in line. They're looking around, you know, and it takes them a while. But eventually they start talking to each other. Oh, why are you here? I'm here for this girl. Oh, is it the same girl? And eventually, you know, they start talking like, wait a second. And, and, you know, they figure out that they got pranked or whatever. And, oh, my gosh, it was the funniest thing I've ever heard. That's an insane catfish. Dude, isn't that like the best prank you've ever heard? holy crap that's wild dude yeah i know the amount of effort that went into it was insane but the payoff was like had to have been worth it that, oh, had, yeah, to that been had to have been amazing 
Oh my uh, gosh, I can't. I wish I was him. Like I would just go there with like chicken wings or something and just sit and watch. Oh my gosh, the it chaos would be the best watching ever. Because imagine all. Imagine the like workers and everything at the restaurant too. Like, like having no idea here. what's going on or how to help them. And like they're right. They're not ordering anything. They're just kind of loitering <laughs> around because they're waiting for this girl to show up. And then the guys who are like a little bit late. They're like five minutes late to the date. They're showing up and they're like. Man, this place is slammed. (laughs) Slammed by a bunch of single dudes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, dude, that's so funny. I have the same feeling as you. I just, I I wish I could have been there so bad because that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. But, but yeah. I like, if I wasn't like lazy, I would do it myself so I could experience what this guy experienced watching this. And that's the thing, is that there's such a barrier to doing something like that because of how much work would have to go into it. But you know, he's he's just a college kid with a bunch of time and so that's what he decided to use it on. He probably spent like an entire evening setting up all these dates, but man That's amazing. I've never met Matt, but he's my hero now. That's so I know, cool. right? That's I know. so cool. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. I think it would have been like so tempting to walk over and be like, pretend you were also yeah, ghosted yeah. for this I, date. I think I actually asked him that. I was like, oh dude, you should have done that. <laughs> oh my gosh. But no, he didn't he didn't end up doing it. But That's yeah, that... awesome. I'm really glad you shared that with me because that that's amazing. <laughs> yes, it oh. it is great. I wish I wish I could say it was me who pulled that off, but no. Right, it's it's um, always someone you know or the friend of someone you know. <laughs> right, a story that a friend told you or whatever. Probably. Right, but yeah, it's an honor to know him personally, and um, that's dope. That's so good. Hear that story from the horse's mouth. Okay, so transitioning again. Um, I just wanted to take the rest of our little bit of time to we were talking about maybe doing an episode where we kind of did a deep dive into um, some magic systems and power systems and in movies and stuff. And um, I know you had we both had prepared a little bit for that, but kind of it just kind of got put to the side and we never ended up doing it. So I just wanted to kind of talk about it instead of overanalyzing it just mm. kind of talk about it and see like what some of your favorite sure. uh, favorite magic uh, systems or power systems sure. are and why yeah um well obviously the like bending system in the avatar universe is one of my favorites i also really like the power system in tokyo ghoul okay uh it's like a cool take for me on like a vampire kind of trope yeah. Um, and I like that each ghoul has their different abilities, you know, oh. um, and they're really unique. I think that's really cool. And then I also really love the magic system in Castlevania. Right. Because I, I feel like it's perfectly done. It, it feels the way I would want magic to feel if I was... In a, if I existed in a world where that was an option for me to become a magic user, right? right. Yeah, uh, I think I think Castlevania is such a good example just because, um, and I like that you said that, like it feels good. Um, yeah, like I, I, I hate watching a show where you have this, this mage or sorcerer or whatever 
who's supposedly all powerful, but they can't do anything without like a week of setup time and 30 minutes to chant all the verses of this <laughs> spell. Like yeah. that's not like that's not scary to me. That doesn't feel powerful to me. If you don't have a week to gather eight gallons of pig's blood to draw a 60 foot pentagram, you can't mm-hmm. do anything. Why is that scary? I don't <laughs> bull crap. Yeah, it it feels like it was made for combat, and I think that's what makes it cool. Is that yes. um, it's very like accessible. It feels like a weapon um, that was made for defeating creatures of the night, and um, I guess I suppose in Dracula's case, like doing whatever he wants to do. Um, right. But yeah, I I love that there's that um, like with Scythe's magic, you get to see like the effort that goes into it. Like you have to be a practiced magician be able to use it um it's not just like hold up your hand and crazy crap happens right um, but also there's some really cool like mystery to it where you're like where does this magic come from and how does it work and then you get to see some nuanced magic with the uh, with like isaac and hector who can yes like reinstill life into beings and stuff like that and um yeah i i couldn't agree more i think that um, that's a good example of a, a magic system that you know they don't they don't necessarily explain how it works but they don't need to because they give us enough um to where we can kind of feel out how it works and what's happening so well and it's so cliche to explain magic too because every show or video game or whatever that i've played they like explain it but then they're like but we don't really know it's mysterious and we never know anything and it's yeah so like if you're gonna explain it to, that way to me anyway, just leave it alone. It's possible, and yes. that's all I need to know. Right. I, I, that's that's exactly what I think. It's like because when I'm when I'm watching something and I'm watching them do really cool stuff. Um, yeah. I for me rarely am I gonna go into a movie and or whatever I'm watching and have wait that doesn't make sense. Um, as long as the setting is set up correctly. You exactly like as long as as long as long as i'm put into a world where this kind of stuff can happen then i'm not going to question it if those kind of things are happening you know what i'm saying it's not right. like and especially uh, if they're happening from the very beginning of the story that i'm a part of yeah. I, it's it's fine it doesn't need to be explained you know the same right. way that you don't need to explain why so-and-so is looking for a relationship in a rom-com like you you just assume that they are because they're the main character of a rom-com yep so same concept when you go into fantasy or sci-fi you just kind of assume that there's going to be some supernatural or fantastical stuff going on right (laughs) yeah i and i appreciate it when the writers of the show understand that rather than like something one of my least favorite tropes ever is when the characters in the movie say this is like something out of a movie <laughs> oh my gosh it bothers me yeah. so bad it's like dude you're in a movie like shut up it's yes. like that does not make me feel like i'm like oh they're you know they don't understand what's happening this is crazy to them it's like dude that's the last thing you want to say in a movie in my opinion at least but, yeah or when um, you have like like this crazy thing happens the main character is saved by the magical sidekick character and then they have a whole scene where the main character spends five minutes telling themselves it's a dream and pinching themselves and finally believing that this is really happening and then being told they're the chosen one and you're just like stop stop 
why right. are we doing this? This is not mm. this is not fun for me right now. Right. Well, and if you think about it, if like if something like that happened in real life, that's not how you would react. No. You know what I'm saying? Like you would be like, "Well, this is real life now and I better get freaking used to it." Like, right. you know, you know, like even if you were in a dream, you don't do that in your dreams. How many dreams have you had where you're dreaming and you're like, "Oh, I've got to wake up. This has got to be a dream. Like maybe one in your entire life, you know? Right. Like most so, people that just, that's not, that isn't how it happens. Right. We roll with the punches. We take what's given to us and we like try to find solutions to what's going on. And, and a positive, like a positive example of this was this anime called Tokyo Revengers. Okay. So it's an isekai type of anime. It's not exactly where someone's like reincarnated. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens is um, this, like, 25-year-old goes back in, like, and is kind of, like, his 25-year-old conscious is placed into his 13-year-old body. Okay. And so he's kind of, like, quote-unquote reincarnated into himself in the past. And so then later later in the show, he wakes up in his regular body, and he's talking with his friend trying to figure out what's going on. And his friend is like, it seems like you have the ability to time travel. And he just says it, you know what it's, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I was watching the show and I was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? They don't have to sit there and be like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like he just explained it to him and he was like, oh, it appears you can time travel. And from what I've seen, this is what it, this is how it works. Right. So they go into it and they explain it. And, and then um, we get the explanation for how it's happening. And we don't have to cut away from the story to have a moment of, whoa, this is so crazy or whatever. Yes. And, and, it... and it felt good. It's interesting to me that we keep getting those scenes where, you know, your MC is like, oh my gosh, this is nuts. Or they tell the friend and the friend has like a fit, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm really curious, like anyone, is there anyone out there who, when that scene comes on in the show or the movie, or you read it in a book and one of the characters is flipping out about how just improbable this all is this is crazy this couldn't happen to me this is a dream is that your favorite Mm -hmm. scene do you look forward to that stupid crap when you're watching something right because i mean maybe maybe they put it in there for a reason maybe there are people out there that are into that but you shouldn't be you're wrong i know we say that on the show a lot we say you're not you can have your opinion not on this though you can't this is this is where squints draws the line it this it's not okay i'm sick of it yeah and you know th- there's a place for stuff like that like for example maybe the person gets flustered but they're not going to break from the story of their life um you know to have a mental breakdown about it, so right um i agree with you and and tying that back into power systems there there is a time for explanation when we say like we really love castlevania's magic because um it's self-explanatory um there are some really cool power systems out there that are very scientific and detailed Mm -hmm. Uh, and and we get to learn about them more throughout the course of the of the show or the book and and that can be really awesome too we talked about full metal alchemist a little bit and um i think that's a really cool power system um where characters can have really unique abilities that are nice and limited by their own like style and also like resources and they're like scientific knowledge also yeah yeah and it seems like in a lot of shows where there's 
magic there will be like kind of a baseline and everyone follows that and then there and then it just kind of downward spirals into like people can just kind of do whatever they want um but i feel like full metal alchemist stays pretty consistent with like no you got to do this if you want to do this and yeah uh, i agree and it creates some really cool scenes where you get to see characters overcome their obstacles with just what they have at hand um one of the most like one of the scenes that's like been like the most burned into my memory of watching anything um is uh roy mustang killing lust with the lighter yes yes that Um, scene is great because like you know he has to have his gloves to make fire right because he has the the alchemist sign drawn right onto it yes so he can just snap and make fire um because the alchemist sign is ready but in order to to because lust took away his gloves right and so he doesn't have his access to his fire anymore so she just kind of figures he's incapacitated and then he comes back with an alchemist sign drawn in the back of his hand with blood and um a lighter to create the spark Mm -hmm. and and he toasts her and it's and it's like riveting because it's really um it's a super intense scene and it's really cool how he kind of with his cleverness was able to use the uh, the system of magic to it to his advantage and yeah really like cool it almost stuff. feels like they're manipulating the rules of magic so that it will work for them yep versus trying to follow the rules yes you know what i and, mean yeah and and like i said there are many different ways to do this cool but i think it kind of goes back to like where like uh, it feels like a weapon in the hands of the user yes and, for those of you who've seen uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, um, this is the last one that I wanted to mention. I love the magic system in that show because um, it's one where it's very like personality based. Um, the sorcery that you end up being able to use, um, it kind of like has to do with like your soul. Okay. And so, like what kind of like magic you can produce is based on what kind of being you are. And, Interesting. Um, and so because the people have like these magics that are based on tendencies that they have it fits right in with their personality and they're able to cleverly use it in 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 new and interesting ways and everyone's magic is different right it all follows like the same basic principles um but you see a lot in the show the two the two combatants having to figure each other out that's part of the fight Mm -hmm. is like okay what kind of abilities does my opponent have and there's a girl in the show really cool character in general um as far as like female characters go in anime um she's not like helpless she's super strong and like actually has depth to her personality but her ability is really cool too where she uses a hammer and nails and so she like charges the nails with energy and she kind of uses them as projectiles that she hits with the hammer. but also she has like voodoo dolls um that she can like use to like if she if she gets like a piece of someone's clothes or or a piece of their weapon or a piece of something that they have, she can hit the voodoo doll with the nail and this it'll have the same effect on whatever oh, that's she, cool. she got a piece of. So she has yeah. There's just a lot of fun puzzles in the combat in the show. Um and they and the show even takes like uh time to explain, like it'll bring up a diagram and be like this is how this works and or this is like about how like a tier list of the characters so Mm -hmm. far like 
someone will, like the, one of my favorite scenes is um one of the characters is thinking and he's like this is about where i place, place everyone strength wise like his his tier list comes up in his mind with little cartoon faces of each of the characters and it doesn't feel like it's taken away from the story it just feels like i'm curious about these characters how strong they are and their magic and um, they feed the information in really well for a magic system that um that is very driven by these characters and their emotions which i'm already drawn to so it feels just right right well and i think that adds a unique element to a power system also is that even if they use the same exact type of magic or they have been taught in the same school of magic people are individual and they're going to use them differently right and so that's where we see a lot of really cool nuance come into play when we watch shows like um my hero academia or legend of Korra, um yeah or even something like the green lantern series which we've talked about before Uh that's part of what makes green lantern so cool and the lantern core stories as a whole so cool is even though you have this whole core of green lanterns all of them make different constructs based on what they would think of because of who they are what planet they were raised on whether they're more happy-go-lucky or more serious, like they're so different that even though the the ability is the same, how it's used is is what makes it exciting. Right. There's different styles. There's different techniques, all from like one base uh, power system, which right uh, is another really cool way to do it, and kind of mirrors the many different characters who can do just about anything style, versus like there's one one power in the world and. That's kind of how like Avatar is. It's just four elements, but you see so many different types of benders and styles and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And I think you know, magic and superpowers is fun, regardless, right? They're fun to watch. Even even the Marvel movies, which I really harp on a lot, and I don't think are good movies. I'll still put one on because they're fun to watch because the. Uh, the concept of superhuman abilities and powers and flying around and shooting energy like that's that's fun it's cool right but there are also some examples out there of really great ways to make the magic feel like part of the world and part of the story and Mm -hmm. not just a not just an avenue for combat you know they're they're yeah they're ips and shows out there that make the magic like really core really pivotal to the story they're telling and those creators that tell the story that way tend to think about it more i think and Mm -hmm. that's where we get these really fleshed out magic systems or power systems that we just think about you know like no one thinks about oh if what avenger would i be who cares no one gives a shit but if, like, we sit here and we'll take tests on what kind of bender we would be on BuzzFeed, uh-huh. you know? Right. Because that's fun. It's fun to think about, like, oh, if I was a firebender, this is what I would do. Or, oh, yeah, I never thought of it that way. I probably would be a waterbender. Like, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And and I, re- and I really like that you bring that up because, um, you know, power system can be go beyond just, like, an individual's superpowers. Um, and avatar is a perfect example of that it's seeped so deep in the world building that that's that you they've created a new world yes. instead of just 
placing superpowers on Earth and seeing how people react. It's such a core part of everything, like, you know, transportation and um, jobs and everything in, in the Avatar universe has to do with um, the magic system because that's how it would be. Exactly. Uh, and it's been around so long. One of my favorite things about Avatar, uh, and they addressed this a little bit in Korra, which honestly I thought was fine. Um, uh, the season one storyline was, was fine. Um, but one of the things I loved about Avatar is that there was benders and non-benders, and there's never a part where the, a non-bender is like, oh, if only I was a bender, my life would be so much better. You know what I'm saying? It's just like there's always been benders, there's always been non-benders, and it's just just the way the world works you know mm -hmm. i don't like i don't you know i'm not gonna be like oh man i i just w wish that i was like you know a genius or something like I, it's just there are geniuses and then there are people like me and i just have to deal with that you know what i'm saying right. and, and the ones the in in cora the non-benders that hate benders and want to get rid of them they're the extremists they're not the norm there's not yeah. a cultural divide between benders and non-benders they uh -huh. live in harmony, and then you have extremists. And yeah. it's because bending is just part of the world. That's just how it is, and that's okay. And we don't need to know where it came from. We don't need to see it from the beginning. We're satisfied with knowing that badger moles taught the first earthbenders or dragons <laughs> taught the first firebenders. Like, that's good enough, yeah. you know? Right. I don't need the whole story of the first guy to go find a badger mole and learn earthbending. It's okay. Right. And and that's kind of where my um, my issues with season two come in, where, um, you know, you didn't need to explain to me where the Avatar comes from and stuff like that. It's a fun thought trip, but um, it's, it's, it's excessive when you're... And it almost feels like kind of like fan fiction-y when it's like yes. picking apart your own show in that yes. way. Yes, so, yeah. I agree. But, totally agree. Um, but yeah, I... I appreciate your opinions and I'm glad that we were able to use some of that, some of that stuff that we had prepared um, a little bit to talk about and then it didn't go to waste, but this has been a lot of fun. I'm yeah. glad that we got to bounce around topics this time too. I think that that, that that worked out well too. So I agree. And I know we've kind of been all over the place in this episode, but let us know what you think about the things we've talked about. Did you like rings of power? Are you hoping it gets better? Um, did you hate it? Do you like our some of our picks for good magic systems do you have some of your own that we didn't talk about let us know we want to hear about it and uh we'll keep uh keep putting out stuff if you guys keep listening and if you have suggestions for future topics um let us know so that we can talk about what you want to hear about yep this has been per contra and we're signing off <laughs>